part of how you know yourself is through reflection. I think part of it is how you know yourself is through assessment, like the kinds of assessments that I know you do. And then I think the other way you know yourself is by testing lots of things out, trying things out, seeing what you're interested in. I mean, I think we've all had the experience of a teenager that who's invested in something, excited about something, engaged in something, and then it doesn't feel like work. And then something else that's just the opposite and it's drudgery and you're poking and you're prodding and they're still not getting there. So I think before you get to college, you want to test lots of things out, whether it's an instrument, whether it's a club, whether it's a sport, whether it's an internship or something career related and see what's resonating because that's what you're trying to do is like help students find their people, find their place, find their paths. And you don't, that doesn't happen by accident. It happens by casting the net wide, testing a lot of things out and learning from it. I feel like the most creative people, all the studies show they have more ideas. Instead of thinking about college as something for your teen to get through, imagine designing the experience with an intention rooted in research. There's good news, because you won't likely read hundreds of research papers yourself. Elliot Felix has done it for you. Over the past 20 years, Elliot has improved the experiences of more than 1 million students across more than 100 colleges that he's worked with including top universities like Carnegie Mellon, MIT, and the University of Virginia. Data and research guide his work on improving student experiences. He's curated research-based tips in his book, How to Get the Most Out of College. His guiding principles begin while your student is still in high school and takes them through college to offer the most value and best return on your investment for your team. I'm Lisa Marker Robbins, and I want to welcome you to College and Career Clarity, a Flourish Coaching production. Let's dive right in to a great conversation. Elliot, welcome. It's great to be here, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for making time. You know, I love that you bridge this feel like you've got the whole bridge, really. You go from high school all the way taking these kiddos until they're graduating college and they're having much more favorable outcomes based on the, the tips and the research. So I kind of want to dig into, yeah, I did read your book, by the way. And Thank you. Uh, it's, I'll hold it up for those that if we put this part on YouTube, they can see it. Actually, we decided right before we started recording, we're going to do a book giveaway for this podcast episode. So we'll put the details in the show notes, but Elliot agreed to give this to one of our lucky listeners. So get those details because I'll tell you what, 127 ways to make connections, make it work for you and make a difference. And there's something for everyone. And what I love about your book is some bite-sized tidbits. Each tip is like one or two pages. And I can see somebody picking it up when they've got a sophomore in high school and not putting it down until their students graduating from college or the student taking it on to college with them. Yeah, it turns out we have short attention spans and people want to jump around. So that was kind of the idea behind how the book is set up. <laughs> wow, that's really shocking. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. So our listeners mostly have kids in high school. So maybe also an, an older mm -hmm. kid in college. 
Maybe an over his older sibling in college, right? Yeah. So what I love is that sweet spot of really like early high school is where this starts. And, and I know you come from it from a perspective of really like not just what to do when you get there, but how designing that, you're a designer by trade. I am. That is my background. Yeah, actually, say something real quick about your background, because I think it's fascinating because that background has led you to this information. So let's talk briefly about what is your background. Yeah, well, I, I actually started off as an architect and worked on lots of amazing buildings, but I felt like we didn't understand enough about the people those buildings were for. So I went back to grad school at MIT and tried to solve for that, went in an architect, came out a designer, and then spent uh, five years writing design briefs for buildings to help improve campuses with the idea that, okay, now I can do focus groups, I can do surveys, I can look at the trends, I can understand people, and then we can create much better spaces for students. And after doing that for a while, I realized that, you know, it takes more than space to improve the experience of students. They need the right support services, they need the right academic programs, they need the right technology. And so I started a company called Brightspot, and that's what we do is we improve the experience for students. We help students succeed with better facilities, better services, better technology. And we've been lucky enough to do that with, I think, about 115 colleges and universities now, most of which people would recognize top institutions. And after doing that for a while, I realized that a lot of what I learned about how college works would be really useful for students and their families to know so they can make college work for them. Well, you say for their families. I really believe in the work that I do as a college major and career coach supporting families. I've always said the college-bound journey is a family journey. You know, my kids are all now in their 20s, but professionally, I've been doing this work for 25 years. And then when I did it as a mom, when I put that mom hat on after, you know, I don't know, 18 years or so doing this work, it was really different. And it brought even a new perspective, kind of like your work, giving you a new perspective. But I became even more convinced that while the outcome that we're designing is for the student in mind, this is a family journey. Like we want to successfully launch our kids. We love our kids. We want to support them. And so that's what I love about, I mean, we met on Instagram, you and me. We did. And we both have that you know, we just have that heart to connect and support the people for the outcome for the student, but we can't, I love that you said you can't leave the parent out of that piece of the puzzle either. Yeah. So let's jump into, you've got all these ideas about improving the user experience, the student experience while they're there, but your early chapters of this book start while they're in high school and you really come at it from the perspective of, figure out how you're going to college, like what you're going to do while you're there to inform where you're going to go to college. Don't start with, I guess what I'm reading, and am I right? Are you saying like, don't start with, oh, I like this campus, this is where I'm going to go to college. Instead, figure out what that college experience is going to look like. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's two big ideas in the book. The first is that we spend a lot of time thinking about where to go to college, which is important but we don't spend enough time thinking about how to go to college. And the research shows that it's the day-to-day decisions that students make about where to live, what classes to take, you know, what to major in, what to do a project on, how to get involved, 
those are the things that drive your success every bit as much as where you go. But both matter. And that's a big idea. The other is that this is an experience to be designed. And so if you're the designer, you're trying to understand people and you're trying to test things out, test it, you know, no finished product goes straight from a piece of paper to the the shelves in the store, right? There's all kinds of testing that happens. And if you think about college as something to design, then you want to look for ways to test that. And, you know, that starts in high school because you want to understand yourself. You want to understand the, you know, the user, the customer, and you want to look for ways to test things even before you get to college, before it's, you know, the product is on the shelf, you know, so to speak. I love that. So you, you know, as a designer, you're using the word design. I, for quite a few years now, since I started my Launch Career Clarity course, one of the examples I use is like, if you're not designing, you're drifting. And so are you going to drift into college and let things happen by chance? And I, it, it for sure leads to less favorable outcomes. Or are you going to design your solution? And I, I give an example of one time when my husband and I were kayaking on vacation and he refuses to do a two-man kayak with me because he thinks he has to do all the work when we do that, which I'll admit here is true. So we switched to, we now own two one-person kayaks. And so it was a beautiful day. I was just drifting along. I kind of laid back, closed my eyes. We're on a very kind of remote lake. And my husband was intentionally designed going over to see my dad, who was fishing in a fishing boat. I ended up in the cattails. I ended up like so far off course. The effort it took me to get back on course, to design a way to get back to the house that we were staying at, was Herculean for little five foot two me. And if I would have just stuck with the design and put the effort in, it would have been a much easier journey like my husband had. So I, who would rather be in a two-person kayak, letting him do all the work. That Well, I'm a big fan of design, so I'm happy to hear that. And I'll say you look taller than 5'2 on Zoom. So <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> if we ever meet in person, we're like, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> okay, so we're going to think about, and I love that you said you've got to know yourself. I teach a three-pillar framework with the college and career coaching that I do college major and career coaching. And it's no, I start also with know yourself. So I think that is the first step that we would both agree on, know yourself. Then I go into know careers and then know what college you're going to go to. But that know yourself, what are some tips that you have for high school students? How do you encourage them to know themselves? Well, I think part of how you know yourself is through reflection. I think part of it is how you know yourself is through assessment, like the kinds of assessments that I know you do. And then I think the other way you know yourself is by testing lots of things out, trying things out, seeing what you're interested in. I mean, I think we've all had the experience of a teenager that who's invested in something, excited about something, engaged in something, and then it doesn't feel like work. And then something else that's just the opposite and it's drudgery and you're poking and you're prodding and they're still not getting there. So I think before you get to college, you want to test lots of things out, whether it's an instrument, whether it's a club, whether it's a sport, whether it's an internship or if something career related and see what's resonating because that's what you're trying to do is like help students find their people, find their place, find their path. 
And you don't, that doesn't happen by accident. It happens by casting the net wide, testing a lot of things out and learning from it. I feel like the most creative people, all the studies show they have more ideas. They're not necessarily, they may seem like they're more creative, but the way that they seem like they're more creative is just because they have a hundred ideas where you might have 10 and 90 of those can fail and they'll get to 10 great ones. So do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, module four of my course, I call it curating experiences. So I think it's the same thing, right? It is, I'm like, curate experiences, which would be your equivalent of testing things out while you're still in high school so that you know. Sometimes one of the mental blocks, I would say two of the mental blocks I see students having are, one, they want the quick fix. To your point, your chapters are very short in your book because we have short attention span. And I think the work that you and I are both asking students to do with the intentionality before they select the colleges even to apply to it before they go, it takes time. And so changing that mindset of, okay, I've got it. It's going to take a little time. This is, there's not a quick fix for this. And I think if you curate that experience and you get up close and you're like, oh, well, that's a fail. It still is a win. Don't look at it as a failure. Don't look at it as a loss because the win is you've gained further insights to design the right experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of the tests can be more quick fixy and, you know, some are more involved. Like if I think about my own experience, you know, finding a path to architecture, it started off with an amazing teacher who inspired me. And, you know, we did these college level projects even before high school where it was like bringing a game board and analyze its underlying structure and then turn that into architecture. So I thought, oh, I might want to do this. So one of my quick tests was spend a day with an architect, just kind of shadowing them while I was in high school. You know, what's their day like? And then another more involved test was a college summer study program that I did at at Bennington College, where I spent a month, you know, taking college courses effectively in a pre-college program. And, you know, you like couldn't get me out of the studio, even when the, the quad was beautiful and, you know, so were the people. But, you know, I really, I loved what I was doing and that sent a pretty clear message. You know, this test was a success. Others will be, you know, failures and you'll learn from those too. Yeah, I love that. So let's get into some of the nitty gritty on designing this so that you are going to know how you'll college to pick where you'll college. And you've got some specific ideas that you want to share with us. Yeah, I think. You know, one of the first decisions you make about how to college is where to live. And there's really surprising research about uh, residence halls, dorms. One is that if you live in a dorm that where the rooms are organized along a hallway, you have a higher sense of community, you have more interaction, 22% more interaction, it's actually been quantified, and higher GPAs up to half a letter grade in some cases. If you live in a dorm that's organized around an idea like entrepreneurship or the environment or an identity like Latinx, those are called living learning communities. And students who live in those have more, tend to have more contact with their professors, tend to have a more diverse group of friends. They tend to have, feel like they work better in teams. So living learning communities have lots of benefits. So that's an early decision about how. And then when you're, Searching for colleges, that's something you can look for, right? You can ask them about their dorms. You can ask them, do they have living learning communities? So just the design of the space 
when you, so parents, students, when you're doing that campus tour, or you're even just looking online, you can look at the design of the dorm to see, and you're saying a singular hallway is a plus. Yeah, versus like suites or an apartment. You know, if you're a junior or senior, obviously you're probably going to want something more like a suite or an apartment. But if you're in your first or second year, something that actually kind of forces people to interact with each other may feel a little hard at first, but it I don't think it's too bitter a pill as medicine because it actually like has a lot of great benefits. Well, and hard things get easier. I on this past Monday, I was doing a live Q and A with the students in our course, and I said, you know, whatever hand you brush your teeth with for the next week, I want you to brush with the other one. And I said, everybody try that. You know, we were even like crossing our arms and we we're and then crossing them the other way, and it feels right. so unnatural. But it was actually two weeks ago. I said, hey, let's brush our teeth. Then on the next Q&A meeting, I said, how many people did it? Some did. Some probably forgot. Some, it was probably too hard. But the ones who stuck with it, I said, oh, gosh, it, got, it became so easy after a little yeah. bit. And we've got to learn how to do hard things. I mean, I think that's part of raising our kids. Your kids are younger than mine, but we, we're trying to instill in them that resiliency. Yeah, mine are four and seven, and we're, we're working on I can do hard things for sure. We're so minor in their twenties. We're still working on doing hard things, and I yeah, think I that's still, a lifelong pursuit. Yeah, yeah, I still am at fifty four. So, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. So, okay, and I do want. I'm going to link to a previous episode I have within the show notes with one of my former students because she touts living learning communities, and one of her outcomes was it helped her in a living learning community with people that were in the same. She was in the College of Engineering. It helped her really even learn more about the career possibilities that her major would lead to. And it inspired what she thought she was on the right path. It helped confirm that she was on the right path. That was another, that's one that I've heard one of my own students talk about. So I'll actually link to that in the show notes for sure. Okay. So living learning communities, you got real data on all of this. That's one thing to look for. What's another? I think another is real world projects. I think so much of college is about, you know, finding your place, finding your people, finding your career paths. And if you're thinking about it from this design mindset, from this design standpoint, then you want to have lots of tests to figure out where you want to head, who you want to be, who you want to be with. And let's say you're taking a marketing class. You could do a marketing plan for a fictitious company. You could make up a company. And you'll get a lot out of that. You'll go through the steps. You'll learn what's in the plan. Maybe it's a social media strategy, something like that. But if you do that for, say, a nonprofit in the community, then you're making an impact. You're talking to real people. Maybe those people need an intern this summer, or maybe they know somebody that needs an intern this summer. Maybe they become a role model. Maybe they become a mentor. And it turns out that working on real world projects is just like magical. Because it gives students a chance to apply things in the real world to make an impact. And it has lots of great benefits, you know, one of which is that students who work on these kinds of real world projects that make an impact, you know, that sometimes those are called service learning, they get hired faster and they actually make about eight grand more a year in starting salary. And they're doing good, right? And it makes sense because if you think about it, like now a student has. They have this great project in their portfolio. They can show it to potential employers. They're building their network. They're making connections. 
they're applying the things from the classroom and act, you know, we all know you hear something once and it kind of makes sense, you know, you're nodding along, you're taking notes. And then it's, it isn't until you have to use it till you actually have to apply it, that you really learn it. Well, I agree. My undergrad major, I was a teacher when I came out. And so I taught for eight years at the secondary level. And, you know, it's one thing to be an expert in the subject matter is another thing to teach it to other people. I learned way more teaching it to others than I ever did taking history classes in college. I knew it inside and out for sure, putting it into practice. I'll also add to that, you know, most public universities are going to admit students by major, right? So not true of the liberal arts, the smaller liberal arts colleges. And that's not to say that many of those public research universities don't have uh, exploratory studies. Many of them do. But there are some majors that you have to apply to when you're a senior in high school or the door's closed, right? You're not going to be able to switch that major later after you've been admitted to the university. And for the colleges that admit by major, you know, they're asking students to write why my major essays. They're looking into the extracurricular activities of the high school students to see alignment with the choice of major. And so I like this idea of what you're saying about real world and even before about like job shadows, because those are the things that will get reflected in the college application through essays, through the list of extracurriculars. The Common App allows for 10 of those. And so it's giving a positive, a more positive outcome, getting into college. And then now you are showing me this data of, I had no idea about like the income gain and the hired faster with these real world experiences in colleges. So those would be what internships, co-ops. Yeah. And the thing to look for as you're searching for colleges most of them will have a center for service learning or a center for engaged learning, or it might be a center for leadership. It's often those two go hand in hand. And part of what the leadership group will do is, you know, give students an opportunity to, you know, to lead a a group on a volunteer project or to do a film series, you know, whatever it might be. So that's, those are really the things to look for. And it's important because not a lot of colleges offer these or really offer them well and or feature them prominently. There's a a recent national survey that Wiley did that said 81% of students were looking for these, but only 30% of professors that they surveyed offered these kinds of projects. And in our national survey, my company Brightspot did, only about half of students were satisfied with their real-world learning applications. So it's definitely something to look for and say, you know, ask about are there opportunities to do you know, projects that connect what they're doing in the classroom with the real world? How are you doing that at your college or, or university? You can visit, you know, it might be called like the Center for Engaged Learning or the Center for Service Learning. Visit them, talk to them, see what the opportunities are. Are they just reserved for seniors or can first years get involved, for instance? Well, this, I like the tips you're giving us for the questions to ask. And I want to add, you know, you're not going to get those answers for the traditional college visit where you sign up, you go to the information session that's for everybody interested in every possible major in the universe at that school, which can be 200 or 300 majors at major public universities. And 
then you go on a campus tour and that's about all you're going to get. And you're going to see one dorm going, by the way, back to your dorm setup point. So you're going to have to get on and do more research and ask more questions. I really encourage families to, when they're doing these college visits, make time to go on the day where the College of Engineering is also available for their your visit day, if that's what you're interested in, or the health sciences or the education school. Because that, I think, is when you're engaging at the division, college, major level with the universities, that's when you're going to get the answers around specifically what's that real world engagement? Because the admissions office is not going to be able to tell you much about that. Yeah. And some of this can start online. I mean, you can Google name of university service learning, or you can Google name of university experiential learning, which sometimes it falls under that and see what comes up. Usually it'll be a center for experiential learning, center for engaged learning, center for service learning. And, you know, they'll usually have a director, they'll, or they'll have you know, someone in communications, there's ways you can reach out to them directly so that you can augment that general campus tour with these specifics that you're talking about. Yep. You have to dig deeper. It's not going to be easy. Okay. So we've got a, do you need to hold on for a sec? I'm okay. There's just some things happening outside, but I'm sure it's all under control. I heard just a second of it. So it's not a big deal. Okay. So because we are coming up on time. So I'm going to let you like kind of guide us in. Do you want to hit one more tip or wrap Let's it up? Do one more tip and a brief okay. tip and then okay. and then wrap it up. Okay, so two great tips, living learning, real world projects. Give us one more here as we're closing things down, Elliot. So I'm a big fan of mentoring, which has a huge impact. There's great research by Purdue University and Gallup that shows that students who found a mentor or someone who was guiding them, encouraging them to pursue their dreams, they're twice as likely to think their education was worth the cost. And they're twice as likely to be engaged at work after graduation, which means they found meaningful work that they're involved in, they're enthusiastic about, they're contributing to. So that's another thing to probe is, do they have formal mentoring programs? How accessible are the professors? How do students build relationships with professors? And of course, there's lots of ways to find a mentor. It might be someone that you work for in an internship. It might be someone at your campus job. I mean, we at my company, we hired someone who was amazing. And her mentor in college was the director of the career center, which was her campus job. So I think mentors come in all shapes and sizes, but asking a university about how they help facilitate that is really helpful. That's fantastic. Ah. This is great. And we weren't lying when I said at the beginning, Elliot's done all the research for you. You do not have to go out and read a bunch of research papers, which we know the average parent's not going to do, even though you and I get geeked out on that kind of stuff. So, okay, well, what are some final tips keeping in mind for high school families? I think what I've seen in my work at more than 100 colleges is students sometimes don't feel that sense of belonging. They don't feel like they have the support they need and they don't see how their classes connect to a career. So I think looking at those three things as the problems to solve or maybe the opportunity when you're designing your college experience can be really helpful. So talking to your student about how they get involved, do they feel like they belong, and also helping them understand that everyone goes through a phase where they don't actually feel like that. And, you know, 
imposter syndrome kicks in and it just takes time and it's common and then encourage them to seek support. Because if there's one thing I've seen in all my consulting, and I've probably done like 2000 focus groups with students, they don't take advantage of all the things their university offers. You know, they might be suffering in silence writing a paper, but there's actually a writing center that can help them, or they're trying to do that real world project. And they don't know that if they go to the library, there's actually someone that can help them make a prototype or practice their presentation or record a podcast. And so just encouraging students to seek support, to seek help. It's totally normal. These services are there. You're paying for them. Please use them. You know, if you're shy about using them, go with a friend. And then finally, make those class career connections, whether it's an internship, whether it's a a real world project, whether it's even a, you know, a co-op, if you're going to a, you know, considering a school that has that model. So see if you can ladder up from belonging to support the class career connection. That is perfect. Well, Elliot, thank you. We're going to put the contest link in the show notes. We'll run it for two weeks from when this drops live. And then you'll be sending somebody really what is a handbook that will take them in my mind, from 10th grade to college graduation, and honestly, maybe both parent and students both need their own copies or parents give your copy you know, start as a family copy and then ship it off to college with your kids so that they are not, as you said, suffering in silence. Yeah, it can definitely travel with them. And I'll just say I'm excited about this giveaway, but I also want to point out that the whole book is a giveaway because it's a buy one, give one model. I'm in it for the impact. And so, you know, we give away a copy to a student in need for every copy sold. So, you know, if you're, if your listeners also have organizations that we can donate to, I'd love those, you know, those suggestions. Well, what is the best way for people to stay in touch with you if they want to do so for the books or anything else? Uh, they can go to elliotfelix.com and there, that's where I share articles I've written, research I've done. The podcast, which each episode of the podcast uh, delves into one of the topics or the tips from the book, and you can find out about the book, and you can also email me with your your suggestions for charitable donations. Okay, thank you, and yeah, I mean it's truly this is your passion project. This is not your bread and butter of how you're raising your family. So I want to yeah during the day people. during the day I'm helping universities help their students succeed, and you know nights and weekends I'm helping students and families learn from what I do during the day. So there you have it. it. That is so generous of you. Thank you, Elliot. I know you're a huge help to many families. So we'll have you on again. I know we will. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks so much. You all might find it weird, but I'm with Elliot and can totally geek out on the research and design piece. For your college-bound challenge this week, I want to focus on the living piece of college. The data Elliot shared is compelling. Choose a few colleges your teen has in mind, then go to the housing section of the school websites. While you're there, learn about what living learning options are available and check out the dorm floor plans, as well as the options, then discuss them. While you're there, take note that not all housing options cost the same on campus. Take time to consider how that impacts your budget and if you'll set parameters for your team in that area. I did. Interestingly, the dorm floor plan Elliot mentioned as 
positively impacting your student's experience by 22% is typically the less expensive option. So there's some food for thought. Also, don't forget to go to the show notes and get the link to register to win a copy of Elliot's book. If today's episode was helpful to you, please share this with a friend who needs this too. Sharing, following the podcast, rating and reviewing helps us resource more students to launch into a successful future. Thank you for listening to the College and Career Clarity Podcast, where I help your family move from overwhelmed and confused to motivated, clear, and confident about your teen's future.